Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hey, hello. Welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I am Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. No, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. I am feeling spicy and ready to rock today, Dori. So let's just get this biz on the table and then we will start the party. (laughs) Friends, look. If you listen, you hear us say it every week, but we got to tell you that our website has everything we talk about. It's forever35podcast.com, links to everything we mentioned on the show. You can find us on Twitter at forever35pod, Instagram at forever35podcast, and uh, on Facebook group where there is an extensive Forever 35 world. The password to get into the main group is serums. Serums. Yes. And we do have a Forever 35 podcast newsletter at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. That's where you can sign up. It is just always chock full of goodness, I got to say. I went off on America's Test Kitchen recently in the newsletter and it felt great. In a good way. Not like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, yeah, they basically yeah, yeah. saved my life. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and it's also, I've mentioned this before, but it's a great way for if you are a small business and you want to reach the Forever 35 community, it's a great place to advertise because we have these classifieds and listen, I'm just gonna be honest, it's much cheaper than advertising on the podcast. So also, we want to run a personal ad. So if anybody wants to pop in there with a personal ad, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But if you want to reach us just generally, you can call or text us at 781-591-0390. You can email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. Dory has the sweetest update today. <laughs> Why you're laughing? I'm so excited to hear about this. Okay, so I just want to talk about how like I'm finally getting actually better at tennis. Like you're feeling like a good tennis player? No, no, oh, no, no, okay. no, no, okay. no, no, okay. no. Okay. But I'm I'm making like noticeable improvements. I had a lesson last night, and my instructor was like. You are so much better. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So do like, you have like a buddy who you meet up with and play tennis with? No, I okay. wish I did, but I don't. But I have, I feel like I might get one because what I'm also doing. So I've been taking these private lessons for a few months, which have been amazing. And like so much, my instructor is like very focused on technique and, you know, strokes and all that. And then, but I also recently started taking group lessons where, it's eight people. So it's like not as much one-on-one attention, but what is nice about it is we play doubles. And so I'm getting more experience, like actually kind of playing with people who are like basically at my level. And I feel like there's, there's, I sense potential opportunity for that to turn into like, me just playing with someone from the class because like yes. we're used to each other and we know like I'm not like, Oh my God, what if they're so much better than me or yeah. you know what I mean? So, so I think that will be good. And there's a few people in the class who seem really cool and, and yeah, everyone seems, seems great. So I'm cautiously optimistic for that to become a thing because that has been my whole thing of like, well, I just play with my instructor and that's not really like real it's not really playing a game and I want to get that experience. So that, so in that sense, the group lessons have been really good. The first group lesson, I was like, I'm not going to learn anything. This is so dumb. And then the second one, I was like, oh, actually, I see how this is like very valuable. Dory. So I'm proud of you. Oh gosh. Thanks, Kate. It's, it's like, yeah, it's really fun. Um, and I'm just, uh, yeah, it's like really nice to get into a, a new a sport that i mean kind of like piano that i that i was that i played casually as a as a youth i was never like super into it i i did make one attempt at joining like at my high school you could like basically walk on to any team like at least you could be on like the jv team like they right. didn't like okay. really care because also there were so many sports teams even though i went to a public school like we had like a thousand sports teams we had a rugby team we had a sailing team like it just wow look so at there you. Like, weren't enough kids for like most of the teams i feel like um anyway so one year i was like i'm gonna play on the tennis team even though i was not a good tennis player. And then I very quickly uh, broke my wrist during like one Ooh. of the first practices that we were doing some drill where we were like running backwards and I tripped and 
and fell on my wrist. So that cut short my nascent high school tennis career. Um, And I hadn't really played since then very much. So it's been, it's been really, it's been really fun. You know, and I say this, I want to note that I'm saying this like in a positive way, but tennis does feel like a thing that people play like late into their 70s and 80s. Like, it's oh, a thing yeah. you can take with you. I mean, my dad is like a very active pickleball player right now. So pickleball there's a lot of crossover. Pickleball is apparently with- huge, especially yes. among the older set. <laughs> well, also, apparently, it's like cool with the like middle-agers, like the yeah, Zs yeah, yeah. and the Malens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, have the, a- the Zs, the Xs. I have a I have a cool millennial friend who keeps trying to get me to play pickleball with her. Well, I feel like your tennis <laughs> skills would cross over very well into pickleball. Yeah, look, I love a lifelong sport. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have a lifelong. Sp- I guess horseback riding, but that's lonely. No, it's not like mm. a social thing necessarily. Right, 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 right. Until you and I hit the tr- hit the trails together. Oh wow. You don't want to go I, horseback riding with me? You're I not a big actually, horse person. I would love to go horseback riding. I've just literally, I think I've gotten on a horse maybe twice in my life. God, okay. Well, that's how much I've played tennis. So we can teach each other our oh, hobbies. That's so beautiful. <laughs> anyway, Kate, you mm. you have something really momentous to discuss. So let's get into it. So I wanted to just kind of dig into the grief that comes with a discontinued product because, you know, we had a listener called in on a mini episode in the last month or so about their favorite moisturizer that had been discontinued. It was the Ole Henriksen Sheer Transformation Perfecting Moisturizer. And they were devastated. And I actually like reached out to Ole Henriksen and they responded and they said that they've replaced it with something called Dutopia, which is a 20% acid night treatment. Okay. Which is all well and good. And I was like detached from this experience because I'm not the an Ole Henriksen sheer transformation perfecting moisturizer user. So I was able to mm-hmm. kind of be like, you know, pragmatic about it. So... I have really been loving Aven's Skin Recovery Cream, which I've been using at night. And it got to the point where I was like, I'm loving this. Like, I need to talk about it on the podcast because I really think this is such a great moisturizer, like not scented. It's really good for sensitive skin. It's really hydrating. Like, I just have been loving it. So I got in bed and then I just went to do some research Honestly, so I could add to the conversation and like recommend this cream on this episode. And then Google told me that it had been discontinued and replaced. And I, for the first time, really had the experience of the grief that comes with a discontinued product. I'd never experienced this before. And it was like genuinely, I was like sitting there fucking bummed really bummed like in my i was gonna order more i had this whole kind of like vision of this really becoming a product that was a staple in my routine Mm. and it's just like went to their website and just says this product has been continued discontinued discontinued not continued thank you (laughs) that would be great this product has been discontinued. Try our new and improved formula. 
Tolerance Control Soothing Skin Recovery Cream, but it's not the same. I then went onto Reddit to do some research. Oh, wow. Okay. So you went You know me, Dory. I did my own research. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, anyway, look, a company is obviously a giant, they're a giant corporation and they're in it to make some cash. They can do whatever they want. But I don't want their replacement. Mm. I don't want it. I reject it. I mean, I'm going to try it. I'm going to get it and try it. But I was just like, what? This perfect formula that works so well for me is now just gone. How mm. dare you? Mm. How dare? Mm. Have wow. you had this happen with anything? Like, I don't think I've ever experienced it with an actual skincare product or makeup. That's a really good question, especially something that I'd like just gotten into and then Ugh. it's like discontinued. That's just rude. Um, nothing, honestly, nothing comes to mind right away, but I feel your pain. I think especially the fact that you had like just gotten so excited <laughs> like, about it. Just started using it this year in like the last couple of months. Yeah. I'm sorry. What a bummer. You know, listen, this is a truly privileged problem to be grieving, you know. Um, look, but, but again, <sighs> it's a real thing. It is a real thing. So can everyone just hold space for Kate? Thank you. The only time I've ever had something like this happen is when a restaurant discontinued my favorite meal that they served. And oh, I was what like, was it? Well, look, okay, first... Let's just clarify that it was at a local California chain restaurant called Cafe Gratitude, which in and of itself is kind of a ridiculous place because the, the, the items are all named like a proclamation. So it was the I am fortified. And what, what was in it? You know what? I don't even remember now. Hold on. Let me go see. It was kind of like a lentil dish. Cafe Gratitude. Oh, yes. (laughs) It had, it had like veggies. It had these really good sprouts. I think it had some sea vegetables. You could put avocado in it. It was just my favorite. I would get it every time I went there. And then like one day I showed up to get it and it was gone. And I, and I think it's like the expectation too. Like you go in and you're like, this is my thing. I can't wait to have it forever. And then it was just like, no, this is denied to me. Okay. It's just, wow. a, there's, it's just a bummer when a thing you love is gone. Yeah. No, it, like for obviously sure. I wrote a whole book about having a dead mom. I get grief on like a deeper level, but sometimes it's as basic as like a favorite item or a favorite, like, style of clothing like the best pair of jeans or you know yeah uh, i do know i do know i do know like when you go to buy the same sneaker that you've worn for years and they're like we've upgraded You're like no i reject this i reject your upgrade yeah i mean maybe this is also sort of related to something that i feel like we've touched on before which is like getting older we're maybe less inclined to you know want to try the new and the next as it were and we know what we like it's not a bad thing and so when that is like taken away from us because companies want us to like upgrade we're like this is not an upgrade this is a downgrade just give me 
what I like. Now you raise an interesting point because, you know, I lived with my dad for four weeks, six weeks this summer. I lived with my dad for a long time this summer. We hadn't lived together in a very long time. And he is almost 70 and he's very set in his ways, which I think is the thing that happens to most people as they age. Mm -hmm. But I found his absolutism to be annoying. And I was like, why wouldn't Ah. he just try? Like, and now I'm hearing from like, now what you're saying is like, I should kind of see myself through that lens because do we just, do we all just become what we think we're never, we're not going to become? Yeah, I mean, I think that's human nature. Okay, okay. And that's okay. I mean, it's interesting. There's a fine line, right? Like, being set in your ways has such a... It has a negative connotation, right? Because it implies that you're, like, not flexible. You're not open to new ideas. You know, maybe you're, like... Let's just say you're an old white male comedian and you're still (laughs) using the same jokes that you used in the 90s. I mean, like... It's like, let's, let's, let's like get with the times. So there's like that aspect of being set in your ways right. that I think is like, don't want that you don't want. But then I think with, with material objects, mm. you know, there is something to like brand loyalty and, and knowing what works for you and knowing what you like and knowing what you like that I don't think is like a negative thing. So. In conclusion, <laughs> it's complicated. Well, it's also <laughs> such a weird relation. Like, it's almost like we're having a parasocial relationship with the products or these companies, right? Like, oh, you, you just know, wanted to say parasocial relationship. I, I did. Get it's it. a new hot topic <laughs> on all the blogs. <laughs> but you are kind of in a one sided relationship where you think. You know, like a corporation doesn't give a shit. Like a Venn doesn't care that I loved their cream and other people love their cream. Like they're moving on. But I'm yeah. in this like one-sided relationship with their with them when I'm like, I re- like, no, we have a thing. Like we're in a committed yeah. relationship. And yeah. they're like, no, yeah. I'm out. I, you don't know me. I can yeah. make this new thing if I want. That's true. That yes, is I true. D- I did just want to say parasocial relationship <laughs> because I, I, I get it. It's a, okay. and if you've never heard this term, it's a one-sided relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. basically the relationship I have with like my favorite Instagram influencers. Yep. They don't know <laughs> it, but I'm best friends with them. Uh, <sighs> mm. Wow. Well, we have really covered the gamut. Well, we have a fun interview coming up, though. We do. We really do. Um, we talked to Zuri Hall, who is just incredible. Shall I read her, shall I read her bio before we Please, do yes. a break? Okay. Please do. So Zuri is an Emmy award-winning TV host, producer, and actress. She is a correspondent for Access Hollywood and co-companion of its, excuse me, and co-host of its companion show, All Access, and sideline reporter for American Ninja Warrior. What? Which is amazing. She's also the executive producer and the host of iHeartRadio's podcast, Hot Happy Mess, which is produced in partnership with Charlemagne the God and the Black Effect Podcast Network. And we had such a... I mean, look, I know we say this with every interview, but like, do you not love every conversation we have on this freaking podcast? It's so nice. 
I mean, we just, it was so interesting talking to her because she's had like a really intense rise in her career mm-hmm. and is, was super ambitious and very focused on making her career happen. And then really dealt with the aftermath of that with having burnout and exhaustion and kind yeah. of figuring out how to, you know, as she, what does she calls it? Mindful ambition. Is that right? That's the term. Yeah. She well, used. her, like her, her podcast is geared towards mindfully ambitious millennials. Yeah. Which I think she really embodies. And I think she yes, had to I get agree. there because she, experience that like pendulum swing to the right of like just pushing so hard you you fry yourself so yeah she was so fun to talk to it was it's a really great conversation we hope you enjoy it yeah all right well we'll uh we're gonna take a short break and we will be right back with zuri you know dory we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 Lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with glorious Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events, there's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. 
The superpower short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite honey love piece. Let me, let me just tell you why. Yeah. Get into it. Do you want to tell me why? (laughs) No, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes. That's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh God, like get this off of me. No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also like summer sweat under those underwires. It's like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, one thing I think is really kind of interesting about skin, my skin, but all skin, is that like, what it needs now in my 40s is not what I needed in my 30s. Totally. Definitely not 
what I needed in my 20s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, how are you supposed to know what your skin needs? It's hard. It's hard to know. Especially when there's just like so many products out there. The overwhelm is real. It's a struggle to even know how to get the results you want, what products to start with. This is why we're super excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed medications that are clinically proven to help. I have used Apostrophe. I love it. They will pair you with a board-certified dermatologist who literally creates a personalized treatment plan for your skin. I have done this a few times now. It is so easy to do their online consultation. You upload photos And like within a few weeks, I had done the consultation and received my treatment plan and my product. Amazing. And that is how I became a Tretinoin gal. I love the Tretinoin that they sent me. I love their sunscreen. Both products have been amazing on my skin. And you, Forever 35 listeners, can get a special deal from Apostrophe. You can get your first visit for only $5.00. That's at apostrophe.com slash forever35 when you use our code forever35. Now, that is a savings of $15. I like that. This code is only available to Forever 35 listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash forever35 and click get started. And then use our code forever35 at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. Well, we have Zuri Hall here with us today, and we're so excited. We always like being joined by fellow podcasters. I feel like that's always a special treat for us, Mm -hmm. but you are a podcaster and so much more. Um, So, Zuri, we always get started by asking our guests about a self-care practice that they have in their life that helps them get through the day, the week, the month. And it truly Mm -hmm. can be anything. So we would love Mm -hmm. to hear something that has resonated with you recently. Yeah. So, uh, well, super recently, there's this new thing where I'm just going to yell in my car. (laughs) And I'm really excited to add that to the self-care practice. I just had this uh, getaway this past weekend. One of my really close friends hosted um, like a mini retreat. Uh, for herself and five of her girlfriends and it was just all things wellness so we had a sound bath and restorative yoga and um you know a lot of meditation guided meditation uh work with a therapist on the ground there and we had this scream session together which was you know, very nine perfect strangers ish, except mm-hmm. minus all the weird shit <laughs> that ends up going down. Um, but I loved it. And there was something very primal about it. And to do it in front of other people, especially all women, where we're always so conditioned to, you know, keep it cute and tight and together, uh, yeah. to just kind of let it out from our gut felt so good. And so I practiced on the way home by myself from LAX back to my house. Loved it. So as as wild as it might sound to some people, I think I am just going to kind of let it out every now and then. You know, it doesn't it's it's actually kind of interesting you mentioned this because Dory and I go on a retreat with like a big group of moms every Mm -hmm. year and we missed a year because of COVID. Um, But one of the kind of standing traditions is a group scream and Mm. people gather in a circle and yell and it is it's very vulnerable like you said like doing it in front of people 
can feel very real. I don't revealing. Yeah. Yeah. It was certainly how I felt. I was like, what the heck are we? Oh my God. I love this. (laughs) So so I highly recommend the folks at home try it if they're alone in their car or if they're not alone and won't freak out whoever they're with. What did it like? What kind of release did it feel for you? I mean, it's you come to it with such an interesting perspective because you are a host and so you're on air so much mm-hmm. and you have to i having done hosting work in the past like you have to really be always on always aware always ready to kind of handle whatever the person you're talking to throws at you so mm-hmm. did it kind of was it the opposite like was there that kind of release for you to kind of unbutton and let go a little bit or am i just i could just be projecting my own experiences no, that's, onto that's you no that's 100% it you're so right you know my job in any hosting space particularly if it's live television or it's a round table discussion and there are multiple personalities and opinions and and also angles and cameras to manage is i keep it all together and and the only way that i can do that is by compartmentalizing by tucking whatever we talked about five minutes ago away, because now we're talking about this, but I'm only halfway here because I'm Mm -hmm. already thinking about where I need our conversation to go before the commercial break. So, you know, that trickles into your everyday life too, where I've just always been someone I can disassociate in a heartbeat. It's not always (laughs) healthy, but I'm very good at it. Um, And so I keep a lot in. And what I've realized over this year, because to be quite frank, this has been a really tough year for me Mm. when it just comes to staying mentally healthy and practicing what I preach, quite frankly. You know, I'm I'm taking on more than I've ever taken on before. Um, And a lot of people are looking to me to keep it together to Mm. tell them it's okay. We're fine. We're powering through. The team's good. The podcast is good. The show's good. I'm ready for the red carpet. There's so much projection of strength, even when Mm. you feel super fragile and very delicate. Um, And so screaming and just kind of like letting that that sort of guttural out. It was so cathartic because I am always keeping it in. Um, And you get so used to keeping it in that I do it. I've realized in my private life, even my personal life even when it's unintentional. I spend so many hours in my workspaces that I come home and carry those behaviors that help me cope in the workspace into my home spaces. And that's not good. So um, so mm-hmm. shouting and just sort of like letting it out, it really was um, a bit of a purge for me. And, and it feels good. It's just the opposite of being on, which is something I have to do very often. It does seem like there's this cultural expectation of like the strong black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if that has been something that you've kind of run up against. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. The strong black woman, it's something that I wear as a badge of honor. I am a strong black mm-hmm. woman, but I also think, um, not think I've come to realize that at least for in my experience, Strength looks like a lot of different things. Mm. You know, growing up, my mother was more of of the traditionally or some might say stereotypically like uh, feminine role when it came to balance in my two parent household with my father. Um, And I sometimes I couldn't relate. I was just I wasn't as soft as her. I wasn't as, you know, feminine, I guess, in the traditional sense. And I wasn't all these things that society was just telling me I was supposed to be. Um, And so for a little while, I couldn't appreciate her strengths. I realized Mm. sometimes it takes more discipline and more strength to to bite your tongue or to not say what you want to say 
or to keep it together when you're in a room full of really strong, overwhelming personalities and choose to be the more uh, gracious or uh, not passive, but submission. Submission is a choice. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be a good thing. And I never believed that. I never thought that for Mm -hmm. most of my life. It's only in the last couple of years that I've started to embrace submission as a choice that I can make sometimes. And there's something um, really strong in that. So I say all that to say um, strong black woman, 100 percent. Um, uh, and because I don't always feel strong, but have to project it, Mm -hmm. uh, just kind of yelling and screaming and purging verbally feels really good because not only do we have the strong black woman, um, sort of stereotype or projection, we have the angry black woman and we're not supposed to get mad or yell because God forbid we show aggression or that we're angry or that we're upset and we as black women have spent so many years, I mean, centuries, quite literally centuries, making ourselves small and palatable uh, for the comfort of people. I was I was reading a line from Gabrielle Union's new book that just struck mm. a chord with me. She was saying we get so used to making ourselves small and catering to the comfort of people who are not thinking about ours at all. Mm. And it, it hit me so deeply because, you know. I went to a predominantly white, very small, independent school with mostly upper middle class uh, to wealthy white kids. Um, and I was the only black girl in my graduating class. It was the same 35 to 40 kids for about six years from middle school. And I loved my education. I love the friends that I made. Um, some will last a lifetime. Many of them are white. Um, but I realized I I did that for so many years, so much conditioning of just being quiet and cute and pleasant so that people aren't intimidated by or threatened by or annoyed even by my presence. And um, that's a lot to to carry for a long time without realizing it. Yeah, that is. And it sounds like in this last year, what have been some of the challenges that you've experienced personally? I mean, obviously we are going through such a massive thing as a global community. Um, how has that translated for you as an individual? Hmm. Um, oddly enough, you know, I was saying this on a, another podcast a little while back. I felt bad admitting it. There was a small part of me, you know, and again, queen of disassociation here. So <laughs> like there is twofold, like obviously the pandemic and the reason for it, no one wants any parts of. I've had family and friends who, who have gotten sick. I know people who have lost people. Um, so this is completely um, disassociated from that reality. But the, the pandemic and the permission to pause, not even permission, the, the demand uh, was a gift for me. It was an unexpected gift. And I hated that the entire world had to shut down for me to stop. And there was this like pervasive sense of, dare I say, glee? Like there was this weird Mm. thing. There was like a weird, the first week, everybody was just like, what the hell is happening? Like what's going on? Like who, what, when, where, why? And then by week two, I was like, oh, this feels kind of indefinite. And then by week three, I was like, do I kind of like how indefinite this feels? It's like I couldn't stop unless everyone else was. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> so so for me, this time, this year, 
um, was my permission to stop because the world wasn't moving on without me. I wasn't, you know, the only one who was taking a pause from the rat race. Um, and now, like so many of us, I think we're all having these mini epiphanies where we're trying to kind of uh, redefine what life post pandemic looks like for us. And not many of us want to go back to how it was before. So that's been my biggest breakthrough is I don't want to live life the way I was living it before. And it's OK to slow down. And no one cares if I disappear for a week. That's a really sad thing. But the truth is no one cares that much. The people closest to me. Right. They're going to be like, where the hell is Zuri? I also, <laughs> but I'll stop semi-cussing. I'm sorry. But um, they're they're going to be caring. But otherwise, the world goes on. So it was my first realization that you're not as important as you think you are in a really humbling, yeah. awesome way. Right. Like the world will keep turning. The things will get done. Life will go on. So chill. How does that uh, your well, let me just back up for a second. Your podcast, um, Hot Happy Mess, is geared toward mindfully ambitious millennials. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of in that context, I'm wondering, like now, what does being mindfully ambitious mean to you? Yeah, for my 20s, it was all about ambition. Just work, work, mm. work, go, 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 goals, goals, goals. I lived for the next you know, natural high of achieving something, of getting recognition for having achieved it also, to be quite frank. And I realized I had nothing to show for it. And it's it's such a cliche, but it's true. Um, When I wasn't achieving or doing, I looked around and my life was, there was nothing. I hadn't built up the other pillars of my life. So I was just ambitious. I was blindly ambitious Mm -hmm. and I operated from a place of integrity and I always had a really strong set of core values but within the the reins of those values, it was just what's next. Okay, I got to MTV. That's awesome. What network do I want to be at next? I want to be at E News by this year and this age. And once I'm at E, I want this and blah. blah. And it was just exhausting. And I hadn't built up the other pillars of my life. So when that pillar of career shook or trembled or caved or I wasn't booking the gigs the way I thought I should be, I felt worthless truly worthless Mm. and and i mean that in the most literal sense it was sad i didn't realize until later that i went through a bout of situational depression i would sit on my couch with all this time where now i'm like oh i wish i had that time back to sit and not do a, a thing or to travel or to just go back home and be with family but because i hadn't um committed to those things being a top priority in my life when i had the time i didn't know what to do with it because all i'd ever done was work And so when I was locked up in a deal at MTV, to be specific, um, where I couldn't do outside work and they didn't need me as often as I was anticipating, I was just sitting on my hands and I didn't know what my purpose was, what the point of what the point was of anything. That's a scary Mm -hmm. thing. I want for a pillar in my life to be able to shake and there still be other pillars that I can turn to um, for sense of self, for comfort, for joy, for satisfaction. Um, And so that's when I started getting really intentional or mindful about my ambition, about defining what success looked like for me. Was it a bunch of money? Because I like money. Money's great. It helps me pay my bills and buy nice things and and buy things for the people that I love and create new experiences. Um, But at a certain point, I realized it wasn't worth the money if my mental health was suffering. I was at a job at one point in my life. I was crying every day on my lunch break. I was miserable. So optically... My ambitions were being met. It was all very impressive. People were like, I want to do what you do. You're such a this. You're such a that. 
And I, in that moment, it was great. And then the rest of the time, I was miserable. And so I had a shift to where I, I conquered my ambitions with a mindful attitude. So before I took mm-hmm. a job, I thought about the company culture, the workplace. What have I seen um, of the conversations that these uh, media companies are having? Is this salacious? Is it gossipy? Is it tabloidy? Those things don't feed my spirit. I've learned that over the years because at times I've had to be a part of engaging in those sorts of conversations. I got to a point where I wasn't so ambitious that I would take the job over my mental health suffering or me feeling a little bit icky because of a conversation I had to have or a headline that I had to pick apart. And so I just started moving through my career with more intention And I got okay with saying no, thank you to opportunities that before I would jump at Mm -hmm. um, when only ambition was driving me. So it's more about mindfulness and ambition at the same time. My gosh, I love everything you've had you've had to say. (laughs) I love the visualization of these pillars Mm-hmm. of whole, kind yeah. of holding up your life because you are so right when you put all of it into one and then that one starts to crumble if the others aren't built you experience you know such a kind of a, a trauma because it's it's almost you know like everything you knew or everything that was kind of helping you keep moving forward day to day is gone mm-hmm. okay so I, I just love that um and i want to dig more into that but i also just wanted to say that what i think what i hear you saying is so interesting I'm, we're both a little older than you in the in generation X zone. And I feel mm-hmm. like what we've heard for the last decade about millennials is like how ambitious and like they're carving out the work they want. And they're like, and now it's, it almost seems like you as a millennial are experiencing the like the pendulum swing of like, well, what happens when the millennial fulfills what this like we've put on this generation? And now like, mm-hmm. how do you then process all that? It's really, I don't really have a question on this. I just find it like <laughs> fascinating to hear you yeah. talk about this stuff. It's really yeah. interesting. No, I've received that observation. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you're you're exactly right. You know, like millennials, and I, I I dove into the research before I launched my podcast, Hot Happy Mess, and I poured over it for a year before this podcast ever saw the light of day. I sat with the research. I, I pulled what resonated most with me and I realized I wasn't the only one feeling like this. We were a generation that only ever knew of the concept of best life, right? Like I love Oprah. Oprah is my queen. Like I adore her. She's poured into me with wisdom and knowledge. Anytime I've encountered her, she's amazing. And she's like the queen of best life, right? I want that Oprah energy in my life. And so we all or not we all, but so many of us are so go, go, go. And we, we can have our best lives. But, you know, I think what I missed that the more I dug into, you know, the work that Oprah's done and the things that she's shared um, is she's she is telling us live our best lives. But I think somehow the millennials, we missed the part that um, acknowledged mental health and wellness as a part of that. It was always there. Like I go back to, you know, some of her old shows and episodes. I look at the the publications, the the books that she's published and it's there, but something about our generation, and this is just my personal opinion, only internalized best life and ran with it. And best life was all about boss babes and career ambitions and, you know, prove your worth in the, in the, in the boardroom. And we needed that. We needed that moment, particularly women to kind of like, 
uh, rise up and lean in and thrive and whatever you want to call it. We needed that moment, but then we did it and we were exhausted. And so I got to a place where I was like, how do I get best life without this burnout feeling? I'm burnt out. Like, I don't even have time to enjoy the things that I am accomplishing because I just want to sleep or veg out on a couch with a bottle of wine because I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. So I came up with this idea of best life minus the burnout uh, because we are uh, we're aging and Gen Z is coming in. And it's really fascinating to see a generation that has only ever known protecting their peace and boundaries and don't let your boss you say something crazy to you because you are going to pull your boss in your office and have a discussion about it. They're just so uh, brave and bold in a way, sometimes a little entitled, some might say, uh, but in, <laughs> in a way that I just don't remember my generation, we millennials being when we were uh, younger. Um, so that's what that's what the show is all about is just best life minus the burnout. We're tired. I gave my 20s to the ambition mindlessly. And in my 30s, I'm trying to find some balance so I can actually enjoy the stuff that I worked so hard to to get. How have you been building those other pillars then? And what are some of the other ones that you have focused on? Yeah. So for me, um, just getting outside more. Mm. And that's I'm not really like an outdoors person. Um, and so I thought I didn't need to be outside. Uh, one of my biggest re- revelations early on in the in the show and the podcast was just how restorative nature is, right? So whether you're an outdoor, you don't have to go hiking. I don't need to be pitching a tent in the middle of the woods to just go outside. I was spending so much time indoors and I didn't realize it. So now I do a morning hike or I'll take a leisurely stroll around my neighborhood when I get home from work. Um, why I love my wine, so I might pour the wine in the in the in the to go container and then take the said leisurely stroll. Uh, I have no shame in my wine game, but uh, those are small ways that I infuse my day with a little bit more of the great outdoors. Uh, meditation, it's it's such an obvious go to, but it's really easier said than done when you're not like a hardcore yogi or like have a super deep uh, mindfulness practice to do that every day. And when I get busy, even still, that has been the first thing that goes. And I noticed a few days of no meditation, God forbid, a week or two, God bless the people in my household, because (laughs) I just turn into a little monster. Like, And I don't even realize that I'm slowly um, getting further and further away from my center. Five Mm -hmm. minutes of meditation in the morning. When I get home, if I've had a crazy day, When I walk into the house, if someone's there, you know, it's, you know what? Hey, babe, I can't talk right now. Like, I want to engage. I want to hear about your day. I just need to, like, come down to myself really quickly. It has been a day, and I already know if you give me an inch, I'm going to take a mile and strangle you with it. So please just, (laughs) I say that with love, give me five. I go upstairs. I can shut the door, and I just breathe. Like, it doesn't have to be some crazy get the... You know, and you can get the Tibetan sound bowls and you can put get the water running and you can do all of the things that sometimes I do. But sometimes it's just being quiet, just Mm. five minutes of no noise and trying to sit with myself and release thoughts quickly when they pop up. Um, Other things that I've done to sort of build up my self-care practice, uh, building a, a sisterhood, like a true circle has been a newer uh, discovery for me. I've always craved it. I've always craved communion and connection. I think that's why I got into my line of work. Um, it's a way to get connection. 
Uh, that doesn't come naturally for me, by the way. I'm not as extroverted as people think. Uh, I was super shy growing up. It was hard for me to make friends. I always kept them once I had them. Um, but I craved um, feminine energy and I craved strong women around me uh, where we could be weak together. This past weekend where I did that mini wellness retreat was very much that um, because sometimes self-care for me is going to someone else and being like, I fell apart yesterday. I was sobbing. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking this I, terrible thoughts, intrusive thoughts, untrue thoughts. And then hearing her say me too, or mm -hmm. this is what happened to me, or I'm exhausted also, or I had a cry session or maybe crying together. You know, there are very few friends that I can do that with, but building those bonds and maintaining those connections um, has been really, really um, an awesome way to surround myself with people who support my self-care journey. People who can be like, all right, girl, you're seeming a little bit, a little bit on edge or a little bit frazzled. <laughs> like, what, how about, you know, come out here, come hop on a flight, come for the weekend. People to call me out when it seems like I'm not caring for myself as much as I should be. So we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Okay, we're back. So I saw on Instagram that uh -huh. you are using the My Next 90 Days journal. 
Yeah. And we just, we spoke with Phoebe Robinson recently, and I believe she also said she was using this. So now I'm like, okay, two guests are into this. I got to figure out what's going on. So do you like this? Has it changed your (laughs) life? Did you just start it? Mm -hmm. How have you felt? So I just started. So I cannot say if this is going to change my life or not. Um, I will say what I loved most about this is it was my next 90 days. I am the queen of starting something and not finishing it. I am the queen of, oh, I'm just going to go on this six month, you know, um, program to a better me, a better life. I think so many of us do it because it's exciting to start, but it's so hard to finish. So I love that this is digestible. All I have to do is commit to three months. It's not even a yearly planner. I've never gotten through a 365 day planner in my life. I lose them. I stop writing in them. So 90 days feels digestible. And that's what my big thing is. They have these really cool things like opening rituals, detox your brain. So you can kind of get out everything that is floating. You know, you take these mental notes before I go to bed. Oh, when I wake up, I need to remember to email the contractor. And then I've got to call my designer. And then I've got to send those two emails to my assistant. And so you're trying to go to bed remembering all this crap to hit the ground running with in the morning. And you can't go to sleep like you're just up and your your mind is go, go, going. Yeah. So they have this space where you can just dump out the, the do this is and the do that's all the crap that's normally stuck inside. And I love that because it's also in the space where you're carving out your actual schedule. I don't have time to juggle. I don't have space to juggle my journal and my planner and my iPhone and my self-help book that I'm reading this month. So this kind of does it all in one binder, which makes it a little bit more digestible for me. So I do recommend it. It's been fun. Um, They have space for you to kind of set your vision uh, for your day, for your week. So I love that it kind of taps into the, the analytical concrete. What are we doing? Where do you need to be? What time do you need to be there? And uh, the more spiritual aspects of how do I want to move through this week? How do I want to feel today? Um, what do I hope to achieve um, spiritually or mentally or physically this week in addition to the things that I just need to get done? It also kind of reminds me, Kate, of um, the system that Whitney Cummings uses. What does she use? Yeah, she like prints out the next three months of her calendar, right? So she kind of, yeah, she kind of does her own my next 90 days okay journal it's like a diy next 90 days so this is interesting there are now yeah. three very I successful know. guests <laughs> who are all <laughs> using this system so uh all right i see you um, yeah you know i'm on that next 90 j- yeah. days uh <laughs> google page right oh, now waiting to order um, well, Zuri, I'd love to switch gears a little bit and talk about some products. All right. So um, we'd love to hear what your current skincare routine is and what specific products you are using right now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I am one of those people who's like, yeah, I don't do much. I just kind of like wash my face. And so s- sometimes I hesitate because I don't want to be annoying. But I think I found that less is more for me. Like, I yeah. My one of my best friends is like a skincare junkie, right? She lived in South Korea for three years. That's where she married her husband. Um, and she just I go to her house and I just low key have like an anxiety attack. Like it's all the <laughs> jars and the bottles and the creams and the potions. Uh, I have fun playing in them, but it's just not sustainable for me. I wash my face every morning. I take off my makeup every night. I never did that. I 
actually have no shame in saying this. I don't know why I almost wore it as a badge of honor for so long, <laughs> but I would sleep in my makeup. I would go to set. I would have these long days and I'm talking TV makeup, right? Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it was like cake done, concealer, fake eyelashes, glue. Girl, I was trying to preserve the lip. I just like wasn't moving. I was wow. just, I would lay down and hope that I could pop back up the next day and just touch wow. it up. Terrible for my skin. What was I thinking? But I only <laughs> ever did it so often that I didn't know what my skin could look like if I didn't. I finally promised myself, this is about a year and a half, two years ago, that I was just going to take all of it off every night. Do I always do it? No, but I do it way more. That in itself has been the ultimate game changer. So going to sleep with a truly clean face like top to bottom um and then i use an aha moisturizer i'll get the brand because i'm obsessed with this thing it has single-handedly changed my skin nani of beverly hills the all-natural skincare line have you guys heard of that no i'm so this is vaguely familiar to me nani of beverly hills okay Uh uh-huh so it's n-o-n-i-e um, the three and a half ounce bottle isn't cheap. It's about 45 bucks. But when I tell you it's the only product I use. So if you, you know, divide that out, do the math. I think it's worth it. Okay. The key is the um alpha hydroxy acids that they have in the moisturizer. When I wash my face in the morning on the weekends, I don't really wear makeup. I'll throw on the moisturizer and I get compliments all day long. They're like, what are you doing with your skin? Are you drinking more water? Something about that AHA just turns over um, that top layer just enough that I always look glowy and dewy. And it it is in itself like the one thing that makes me look like I do way more than I do. Ooh, you, you know, you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned TV makeup. Um, and I, I did want to ask uh, if you could just share with our audience kind of what goes into getting ready for a red carpet or for being on TV? Because I do feel like even though we all understand that like people on TV have a lot of makeup on, mm-hmm. I don't know if like there's true transparency about how much happens in order to for a person to be in front of a camera. Yeah. So I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on what that process is like that you could share. Yeah, just that it's extensive. So everyone needs to give themselves a break if they're comparing themselves to anybody (laughs) on a TV monitor or a screen, because you see us on the screen. There are four to five people, easy, not exaggerating, who are on standby looking at me from head to toe the entire time. And each person has a different job so that if that thing gets off kilter, if I'm a little sweaty or oily, there's someone who's supposed to powder that up. If a hair goes out of place, there is someone who pops in at the, you know, the soonest moment to put that hair back in place. There are wardrobe stylists who are tucking us in and pushing us up and all the things. So there's a team that that makes us look like this. I would say I don't wake up like this, but up until last year, I did because I would just go to sleep in the makeup. <laughs> But we don't wake up like this if we follow the skincare routines that we should be at night before we go to bed. Um, So it's a process. You know, some people spend about an hour in glam every day. Um, I have about 45 minutes to 60 minutes slated every morning for glam. So I come in and if I am barefaced and my hair is not done, I have someone who does my makeup. They're amazing. We're talking concealer, foundation, the lashes, the brows, the the freezing sprays and mists. Um, and I have someone doing my hair. So Ugh. take it easy on yourself because I would not be doing this if I didn't have somebody to do it for me. 
I have to say, it's always it's always vaguely reassuring when yes. <laughs> people say that. That's not just like, oh, I just rolled out of bed and showed no. up on the red carpet. Um, Zuri, before we wrap up, we would just love to hear a little bit about your professional journey, like how you got to where you are. And was this something that you always wanted to do? Uh I always wanted to be in the entertainment industry. I knew I loved the stage. I grew up in children's theater workshop from the time I was five years old. And and I was a writer, first and foremost. Mm. I actually wrote competitively at my wow. the private school, the country day school that I was at. So I was super cool and had so many friends, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was kind of awesome because like I, I joke about it, but like it really did define me. I, I wrote we had like districts and regionals and state finals. And I took first place at state finals for this writing competition my second season. And so that kind of put me on the the career path that I took, which was I wanted to combine my love of writing and storytelling with my love of the stage and, you know, theater and the screen. So um, when I was about to graduate from Ohio State, I was um, an academic scholar there and I was kind of leaning towards, okay, do I just go do Teach for America? Do I lean into the academics of it all? Or do I follow my heart, which is saying, you gotta be a star, kid. Go to LA, go to, go to New York. <laughs> and... Um, I didn't have any money and I didn't have a job. So it was very tempting to just go down that safer, steadier path. Um, But my heart wasn't in it. And so I was about to graduate from Ohio State and I was working on campus at my work study position. And uh, I stumbled across this posting for um, a local TV station next door in Indiana, in Indianapolis. And it was like, do you want to be the face of this local TV station. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I wouldn't be the face of it, especially if it's paid because I need a job. So I talked to my boss at the time. She was super supportive. She gave me off work. I think it was like the next day, maybe the day after. And I hopped in my 99 Ford Taurus hoopty. The air conditioning <laughs> didn't work. It was hot uh, as all get out. It was like Ohio in late spring. Um, so it gets humid and sticky. Uh, back home. And so I'm driving in my little hoopty with the windows down from Columbus to Indianapolis. And I auditioned with probably a few hundred other people. They were all locals. They were like, girl, it's not that serious. It's a part time job for a local TV station. Why are you here? Um, And I was like, I need this back off. So I (laughs) auditioned and I drove back to Columbus. Didn't expect to hear back. Found out I was in the top 10. And so it was kind of like American Idol, but the winner became like a local TV person for a year. Um, and so top 10 and then top five. And it was elimination style. We had challenges. Oh <laughs> we had to learn how to read the prompter. And can you produce a story? And can you interview? And then I ended up winning. I won a contract. So it was a part time wow. gig with wow. the CBS affiliate. I was 21. 21 when I won and I'd moved to Indianapolis um, and hit the ground running and didn't look back. The momentum built. So I went with it. Uh, My goal was national by 25. So I got an opportunity to anchor the evening news in Dallas, Texas for the CW affiliate at 24 um, or excuse me at 23, 23 and a half. So I moved to Dallas. I was doing that and also working the weather wall. So I had a little weather girl stint. Um, (laughs) Super random. 
And my goal was national by 25. So there was an opportunity at Fuse, the cable music channel in New York. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So I packed up. I, I, I'd say goodbye to the weather wall. And at 24 and a half, I think I moved to New York and started hosting a music countdown show called Trending 10. And then it kind of just took off from there. I spent a year at MTV. My next goal was E by 30. I got that around probably 27, 28. So I moved to LA and spent five awesome years at E! News and, you know, worked alongside some of the greats, people whose careers I had so admired, Juliana Rancic, Mm -hmm. Ryan Seacrest. Um, These are people I was sharing airtime with now. So it was it was awesome. And uh, my next goal was Broadcast Network, NBC. So I, I moved over to Access Hollywood and joined American Ninja Warrior as the sideline reporter a couple of years ago and been doing that ever since. And now, you know, as I get more, not more time, but as I continue this journey of mindfulness um, with ambition, it's like, OK, how do I serve more? Like, mm. I want to do that. And that's why I created Hot Happy Mess. It was an opportunity to pour into other women And to um, help us all figure it out together, because I still have so much to learn. I'm clueless. But it's nice to be able to bring on experts who aren't as clueless uh, to help us kind of get our lives together and balance the the work ambitions that we have with the the lives that we want to leave, the lives that we want to lead. So that's been a really um, mission driven project over the last year. and, And that's where I am now. Wow. I love that you just had all these like next step goals. Yeah. I um I always say like I didn't realize it at the time, but you know, setting an intention, right? We've all heard it like set your intentions and just put them out there and then let them go, let them go. And now I kind of get what that means and I do it with more intention, no pun intended. But at the time, I just always had very specific ideas about the type of life I wanted to lead. Mm -hmm. And I was never apologetic for it. I I got that from my father. And so I think, sure, it was me working hard and ambition, but just speaking something out loud to people you trust with the vision really moves mountains. I would speak these things and let it go. When I was saying I want to be national by 25, I didn't have a plan for how that was going to happen. I wasn't like, first I'll go to Texas and then I'll go to New York. Mm. and then I just always said it. I wasn't afraid to say it boldly to anyone who asked. And same thing with E! News. I was in New York. How the heck was I going to end up at E! News? I didn't know anybody on the West Coast. I had no connections there. But you speak it. And you work hard. And I really feel like the universe tends to meet you um, eventually in the things that are meant for you. So I I'm all about intention setting because I think that's really what got me through my 20s and helped me, you know, check those boxes off. Well, that is how we we end almost every episode of our (laughs) <laughs> our Wednesday episode of our show is we set weekly intentions we and sometimes yeah. we nail it and sometimes it's a complete failure. But honestly, speaking it is it's like it really is the the biggest step in trying to get it done. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Yep. Yep. Well, this has just been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Zuri. Thank you so much Truly. for coming on the show. Um, in addition <clears throat> to your podcast and on TV, where else can people find you? Yeah, I am super active on Instagram. So uh, if they want to find me there, it's just at Zuri Hall, Z-U-R-I-H-A-L-L. Um, and then also Hot Happy Mess uh, is has an Instagram account also. So if you kind of want to 
focus more on the the self-help and the self-care like that platform is completely devoted to little tidbits and gems that we post daily um, to kind of pour into you and infuse your feed with a little bit more joy. Uh, but yeah, Insta's the spot or you can watch me on Access Hollywood weeknights. Yes. Check your local listing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again. This was really such a delight to talk to you. Ladies, thank you for having me. This was yeah. so fun. I always feel like whenever we talk to people who live in Los Angeles, I always want to be like, we should, we should all hang out. Talk about para- parasocial <laughs> relationships. I know. I was like, <laughs> maybe one day when the pandemic's over, we could get a coffee. And they're like, yeah. Yep. Okay. That is exactly. I, I feel the same way with like everyone we interview. I know. I know. Oh, God. So, you know what was fun last week for our intentions? Oh, also, wasn't that so fun that Zuri was talking about? Was it, Zuri was talking about setting intentions, right? Am I not? Am yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. No, well, because she, she also does the Your Next 90 Days <sighs> journal. Dory, which I ordered. Should I order it too? Why don't I get it and <laughs> let you know? <laughs> okay. So we aren't spending all this money on these journals. But yeah, so she she was talking about the importance of setting an intention. And it like felt very validating that we sit here and do it every week. Although last week, you and I both set the same intention. We both wanted to do one early morning wake up. I failed at this. I did too. Oh, okay. That makes me feel a little better. Go team. (laughs) I really wanted to. And then it just like, I don't know. I just was tired. It just didn't happen. Well, you should always honor what your body needs, right? Like sleep is a valuable part of caring sleep for ourselves. Is so valuable. Um, well, this week my dad is coming to visit. Oh, that's so nice, Dory. Yeah, I know. I'm actually shocked that it's that he's actually coming. Because if you read my book, you know my dad is the king of like saying he's gonna do something and then not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so a few months ago he was like, Oh, like my parents are going to Austin to um take care of my nieces while my sister and her husband go away for a few days. And my dad was like, Oh, like what if I came to LA after? Cause my mom has to go home cause she teaches. But um, my dad was like, maybe I'll come to LA by myself. Like, wouldn't that be fun? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. In my head, I'm thinking this is never going to fucking happen. And then like a month ago, he's like, book my ticket. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Wow. Okay. All right. I see you, Dad. Yay. Yeah. So um, I'm excited about that. It'll be nice. He and Henry are like very sweet together. So, jeez, oh, that's I think it'll cute. be, yeah, I think it'll be very cute. Um, so, anyway, my intention, all that to say is my intention is to just like appreciate being able to be with family. Oh, that's awesome. It is what such a you? gift. Oh, thank you. Okay. Well, I also did not do the early morning wake up. What has happened this week is that Anthony and I have been sucked into squid game and mm-hmm. I'm now like last night we started an episode at 10 15, which is normally when I am like tucking my little self into bed. So mm-hmm. I'm now staying up till like midnight every night squid gaming with my husband. Oh yeah. And it's worth it because it's so fun to have a show and it's, you know, like I'm just going to let it happen and I'll get back to routine once we're done squid gaming we have like another five or six episodes i think okay what a show so this week i want to set aside an hour to sit outside 
with no distractions and read a book. Oh, wow. What a, what a great intention. Yeah. I love, like, I want to really give myself that space and schedule it. So I don't make, don't be like, Oh no, but I, instead I should go return this thing at Target or like, Oh no, I'll just look at my phone. Like I really want to be yeah, intentional. Yeah. 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 And also not do it in bed because I love reading every night in bed, but I'll read for like 10 minutes and then it's like, well, I'm out. So mm-hmm. really giving myself focused reading time. I'm, I'm ready to start a new book. Well, Kate, this has been such a pleasure. You know, it always is fun. It really is. It really is. Let's just remind everyone that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by me, Dori Shafrir, and you, Kate Spencer, and Uh produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Sam Reed is our project manager, our network partner is ACAST, and we will talk to you all again so soon. Thank you all so much for listening. Bye.